The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the Bengals, they did some work. They have some players that, uh, you know, they've they've got some short-term potential, but definitely long-term potential, and there's a lot to talk about. We're going to be here for just a little bit, breaking things down, talking about the picks, maybe giving some grades, and, of course, some fallout from the picks and the news that comes from that. We'll be talking about that. I'm Anthony Cazenza. I'm joined by... Jason Garrison, who has been playing like a champ, um, you know, I'm I'm the goon who gets in front of the the camera and uh, pretends to be smart and whatever. But you also you you are also doing things on air to help us out. But you are also doing things much more behind the scenes. I, I put up an article myself today, but you've been putting up many more than I have on Cincy Jungle. So I know you've been burning the candle at both ends, dude. And I appreciate you coming on tonight and giving your thoughts. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Well, uh, we've got a lot to get to, um, and we'll try and break some un, you know, undrafted free agent news. As that comes, we will be talking about the, the draft class, maybe give some grades, favorite picks, and that sort of thing. Um, let, let's kind of get to one of the first things that came about, because uh, look, man, um, the, the Bengals, with, with all of the picks that they made, they went defense on the first two nights. And they went largely offense, special teams, right? They did they did drafted one corner at the end of the end of the draft there, but I mean it was offense and special teams the whole way here on day three, um, and yet no deal for Jonah Williams, no running back drafted until the fifth round. So all of a sudden, you have some things that you I don't know if you want to call them ringing endorsements. I don't know what you want to call them of Jonah Williams and Joe Mixon based on all the things going on with them, but it would appear that the Bengals are relying on them. And before we took the air, you were sharing some quotes from Zach Taylor in a post-draft press conference, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the the quote is from uh, yeah from Zach Taylor. Uh, quote: Jonah is a valued member of this franchise. We're extremely happy to have him. He's transitioning over to right tackle. I'm excited about that, and he has an opportunity to, com- to compete as well. With Jonah being out because of the surgery or because of the, the surgery, uh, Jackson Carmen is going to be the guy that's going to get the opportunity opportunity there, and he's healthy and capable. So excited to see what that competition looks like over there. So basically he's saying uh, Jonah's the right tackle, but until he's ready to go, they interesting, interestingly enough, they didn't say anything about Leo Collins. But nor Cody Ford. Nor Cody Ford, right. So they're saying basically that uh, Jonah's the right tackle, um, but if he's not ready to go, it's going to be Jackson Carmen's job to lose, which, you know, um, I, I know that they were talking with, they said several teams about Jonah. I, my guess is they just didn't get anything they thought was worth a former first round pick, you know? Um, and uh, so I mean, now they're, he's on the roster. He's going to play right tackle. So I don't know. I, I don't, don't particularly like the fact that he's just consigning it to be Jackson Carmen. If, if uh, Jonah's not healthy, I would have liked to hear a little bit about Leo Collins or a little bit of Cody Ford or Hakeem Adeniji or, or any, you know, you got several guys, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the right side of the offensive line, or at least right tackle. My guess is that number one. I mean, there's there there have been reports or anonymous scouts or GMs saying that teams don't really view Jonah Williams as a lot of teams don't view him as a left tackle or a tackle right. at all. Um, that may be part of the issue. The other issue is whether it's because of that or whatever. It may be because teams were offering picks not in this year's class. Could uh, be, and, and, and the Bengals are saying, "Hey, we want immediate return here. If we're going to deal this player." And then, of course, you mentioned another surgery. I mean, rookie year his his rookie year was a wash because he had that shoulder surgery, and right. then now he's had the dislocated kneecaps, both legs. I mean, you can't help that kind of stuff. But teams, if you're going to be dealing picks or players or both or some combination of whatever you're going to look at those, you know, the medical history there and go, well, you know, this is a guy that has trouble um, playing an entire season. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I my, my hope is I'd like to see him at right tackle. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the Bengals have, of course, they've got Collins and, and others that they can use, but I would like to see what he can do there. Um, it's just a matter of, <laughs> you know, who, who's – what, what is that relationship like at, at this point between the two sides? You know, I mean, it was just a blanket. I want to be traded through his agent that was kind of put out into the universe there. And then he doesn't get traded on draft weekend. So I don't know what's ahead. I don't know if this is going to be a, you know, heels in the sand, Carson Palmer type situation, or if he's, you know, come mandatory time, he's going to show up and he's going to do what's asked of him. Well, I think that we, I mean, he doesn't have the, the clout to, pull a Carson Palmer you know Carson Palmer's a franchise quarterback and they can kind of get away with things I mean, he, he can't there's a lot of depth behind him even if it's not fully healthy depth um but I I hope that that they're both professional and they see that this relationship is is mutually beneficial for for 2023 you know he struggled in 2022 so even if they just released him which they won't because they'd still you know they'd still be on the hook for for his uh for his contract but uh, he, you know, he he might just sign like a one year kind of prove it deal, you know, prove you can play left tackle and be good. But if he comes in and rocks it at right tackle, there's no reason 
to think that he can't sign a decent contract, long-term contract somewhere else, you know, in eventually transition back to left tackle. But the, the odds of playing left tackle this year for the Bengals are zero because that's, I mean, they specifically said Orlando Brown Jr. is their new left tackle. So unless there's well, an injury there. Yeah. And that was the, that was the agreement in signing. Right. I mean, right. I, we, we, we got to talk to him. I mean, he didn't really explicitly say that, but I mean, we, I mean, that was, that was the draw aside from yeah. obviously playing for, a, a, you know, one of the most competitive teams in the AFC and uh, many other factors, but I mean, that was the draw. Some teams were just saying, we're, you know, we'll, we'll put you at right tackle. And Orlando said, thanks, but no, thanks. I'm going to wait right. this out. Um, and the Bengals came calling and said, Hey, if that's, if that's what it's going to take, we'll, you know, we'll have you there at left tackle. And I think they thought maybe this, transition or what have you would have been a little smoother uh meaning jonah to right tackle maybe he would have uh just accepted that a little easier but that that hasn't seemingly been the case and i to an extent we've talked about this i don't want to make this show all about jonah williams and and everything but i to an extent i understand it because he is in a contract year this would be the contract that would probably net him the most money in his football professional football career and when you're talking about doing playing a position he has not played since a freshman in college. And you're talking about doing it in a, in a contract year. If there are growing pains, uh, you know, I mean, you got to look at it from his business side of things going, man, if, if for some reason there's a, you know, some speed bumps or transition period, whatever you want to call it, you know, this could be not ideal for me setting up my next contract. Right. Or it could mean there is no next contract. I mean, there's that possibility too. Uh, you know, hope he's a former first round pick. I'm sure if he plays well this year, he'll be fine. And even if he doesn't, he'll, you know, a former first round pick, he'll be 26 next year, or 27 at the most. He'll land on his feet somewhere on like a, on, you know, like a one year kind of prove it deal. But, um, yeah, you know, I understand he's upset, uh, but you know, the needs of the team, that's how it's always going to be needs of the team come first. And, uh, hopefully he steps up and plays well. So, yeah, and they did. They were fielding some trade offers from him potentially on night two, it sounded like, and just nothing was blowing their hair back, right? So, um, here is the list of the Bengals picks in case you have missed it. Uh, normally we use Cincy Jungle for this. This is Pro Football Network. I'm going to close that window there. I don't know why that popped up. Um, the picks obviously, you know, Miles Murphy, their round one pick. I was just on briefly on another show with Kent Lee Platt, um, math bomb, who was on Bengals and Brews. And uh, Kent Lee Platt was saying it, his quote, I believe was, it was unfair for the Bengals were able to get Miles Murphy. He feels that that was just quite, <laughs> quite a steal for the Bengals. Um, you know, he kind of figured he was a mid middle first round guy. Um, you got DJ Turner here. Um, I don't know what's going on with this website here. I may have to share a different one, but DJ Turner, the round two pick, uh, round three, a little bit of a surprise. We talked about that last night, Jordan battle, the safety out of, out of Alabama. Um, and then of course, Charlie Jones, interesting pick the wide receiver there. Then they go offense, 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 uh, chase Brown, the running back out of Illinois, Andre, how how do you, how do you say that one? I, I, I see this. Is that right? I, 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 I I'm not I, sure. I, I actually, I wrote uh, breaking down that pick, and I saw something um, about how to pronounce it because I, I think it starts with like a ye, like the first syllable is a ye, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then of course they get the punter out of Michigan and uh, a cornerback to to round out the class. So a, a lot of different picks here. 
and ones that I think make a lot of sense. But it was defense early, offense and special teams late. And to me, Jason, it feels like it was a lot of, I would say of their, what they had eight picks, right? Um, yep, eight picks. I, I would say of the eight, five or six of them were traits, tools, athleticism, testing, high potential. And the other two or three um, were more, okay, these are, these are tape guys, right? These are guys right. that just, regardless if they didn't test well, their tape is just really good and they show good acumen and all of that, the stuff that you can't gauge with a stopwatch type of thing. Um, so I, I feel like they still largely went with measurables, athleticism, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, there's a couple of exceptions in there. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, um, I, like, like we talked about a little bit the first night, so Thursday night and last night when the first pick came across with Miles Murphy, we were like, eh, eh, you know what I mean? And I almost like regret, you know, I feel bad about (laughs) that now because it's a great pick. Uh, but, uh, it just wasn't, you know, with, um, Joey Porter Jr. And, uh, Michael Mayer sitting there, I just wasn't expecting it. Uh, but I think they did a good job overall. They grabbed, they grabbed some really great, uh, athletes. So Yoshivas is, yeah. Yoshivas. Yoshivas. Yes. So Yoshivas is a a very good, uh, well, he's a, he's a tall, athletic, fast wide receiver. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of just the general, uh, vibe today is we're going to get guys with speed. You know, they're obviously trying to get good team speed. A lot of these guys are going to be special teams contributors, you know, if they make the team and everything like that. But um, yeah, they wanted athletes. They wanted high character guys, uh, guys that they think might be coachable. Um, And they also filled out, you know, there's issues. There was issues with corner, uh, with depth at corner. So they got two corners. They got another safety, which, you know, maybe we're overplaying the free agency signing of Nick Scott. Maybe, maybe that's what we're doing because a lot of analysts believe that that uh, battle's going to step in and possibly start or at least push Nick Scott for that starting position at a uh, free safety. I know that what I read is he's uh, kind of an in the box guy, a lot like Von Bell was. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, I think we touched on this last night, Jason. It's, it's the Bengals lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And yep. that was incredibly valuable to what the defense did. Yes. Trey Hendrickson has been a great addition. Sam Hubbard does what Sam Hubbard does. DJ reader has been amazing in the middle of that defense. Logan Wilson comes up with big plays. So does Jermaine Pratt. A lot of players out there. And then, of course, you know, it's a solid unit from top to bottom, um, really. But those safeties were so key, and especially in those big postseason games. And so when you lose both of them in the same offseason, and then you don't, you know, you're not signing necessarily other big ticket safeties or that sort of thing. um, You got to try and find a recreation. And and it really is a compliment to both Bates and Bell, really. I mean, because that's 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 what I think that combination of, you know, using uh, Dax Hill and, you know, this year's third round. What they've tried to do is recreate what they've built over the last couple of years. That's been very, very successful. So um, can't blame them for that. And then LeVar Hall is here sending a super chat. Thank you, LeVar. And we're going to send that over to, by the way, if you want to send over some super chats our way for the next uh, couple of days, we're going to um, send that over to uh, project Africa with Mohammed Sanu. We're going to send that over to his chair. We're going to pool that 
Um, we had a, a cool interview with him, and I know Jason did a great write-up with him as well on Cincy Jungle, so we're going to pull that and try and get some donations going there. So thank you, LeVar. That'll go there. But first-round pass rusher, um, punter with the most hang time, a defensive back with 4-2-6 speed, a fourth-round receiver with 110 catches, 12 touchdowns last year, and only three drops. I'm good. It, here's the deal, man. I mean, I, I there's not a lot of holes on this roster, and the, the guys they drafted – are yeah they're kind of long-term possible replacements or special teams guys right now that sort of thing but competition 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 i think we all love the trents trenton Irwin and trent taylor but these guys come in you know and they they're going to push them for special you know maybe return ability maybe you know future slot if and when the tyler boyd era finally comes to pass you know i mean this is this is what you have to do when you're a perennial winner. You're picking later in rounds, and your your roster has been built the right way. You are picking for the future. Maybe some immediate rotational gain, but you are picking for the future and and long kind of long plays, right? Long term plays. Yeah. yeah, this is uh this isn't they didn't really. Do, I mean, they did stuff that'll help them this year for sure. DJ Turner will help them this year. Miles uh-huh. Murphy will help them this year. Battle will help them this year. But a lot of the stuff that they did today with maybe an exception of their running back pick is going to be, here's our long-term solution to issues that we may have with re-signing Tyler Boyd and possibly re-signing T Higgins. I hope that we could keep Higgins, but you know, the Burrow thing's still up in the air right now. So we don't know what's going to happen with Higgins. Um, you know, so I, yeah, they're, they're planning for their future. They don't want to do things the way the Rams did where they sell out the team's future for the next five, six years to win a Super Bowl. They want to build sustainable success and that's what good teams do. So it is what good teams do. And when they went heavier on defense, um, but got here's, uh, and we'll talk about some of our favorite picks here, just not only of today, I know this is day three and it's easy to kind of say, well, let's focus on, but I mean, we, we can kind of put a, a big bow around this, you know, our favorite picks and thank you again lavar for that super chat my friend that's uh, absolutely thank you yeah that's awesome um here here's the thing dude um i i saw <laughs> we already i already forgot the pronunciation yoshivas oh, i think yoshivas yes so i saw that pick and i you know i knew a little bit about him going into it and i you know i knew the measurables and the speed and all that kind of stuff but I went not he's taller than this guy mm-hmm. that I'm going to mention. I hate to go back and just compare, but there are some similarities in some ways because he Yoshivas is a he's tall, he's fast, he's got good hands, but he's he was the the knock is he's a little bit of a body catcher as well right. as you know the competition he went up against too. That was kind of a deal. But I remember a handful of years ago, especially since we just talked to Muhammad Sanu, one of his teammates, Marvin Jones, was the guy the Bengals picked, I believe, in the sixth round. Uh, Might have been the fifth. I can't remember. I always get him and Aloka mixed up in that class, fifth or sixth round. Marvin Jones, not as tall, six foot, six foot one, I think, but he was a body catcher. If you remember, watch watch a lot of stuff with the Bengals. He, he caught the ball with his body, but fast, could move well. Uh, you know, still, even with the body catching, had had some good hands, and was and somehow you go – why, why is this guy here? Why is he, why is he here so late? And the same thing with this kid, there was, I think it was McShay saying he thought this was like a fourth round guy. Right. Um, And so uh, again, I kind of see that a little bit in in terms of the body catching bigger guy, but you know, fast plays well. And you kind of go, man, probably went a 
couple rounds later than you think he should have gone. And, you know, maybe, maybe not the yield is huge as a rookie, but a guy that you can, you can develop and maybe turn into wide receiver four, you know, um, right. and, and even as a decoy, when you've got that track speed that he has, yep. even as a decoy along on the field at the same time with a Higgins, with a Boyd, with a uh, chase, you, you got to account for it. Yep. Right. Um, so I, I just, that was one where I go, Hey, I, as of today, that was one where I, I really like that pick. Yeah, I do too. Uh, he's a three time con like Ivy league conference champion heptath heptathlete. And I don't, I don't even know what that means. I think hept might mean eight, like an eight way race. No, I, I don't even, I have no idea. Uh, that would be oct. Uh, uh, oct. Okay. Well, I don't know what hept is then. <laughs> seven? He went seven. Seven. I think hept is seven. Yeah. He went to yeah. Princeton. He probably knows, but um, I'll tell you what, I got a video. <laughs> yeah. He uh, would I, know much more than I. Yeah. 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 If, you, yeah. if you don't mind, I want to share a video of him catching a slam yeah, and taking it. it however many yards uh let's see here support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference that's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Open this up. Stanstrom, Yosef And it was like, well, do you want this or not? Go get it if you want. And then, yep. There he goes, creating some space. He could go. Yeah, and that. So that's. I mean, that's pretty impressive considering. 
uh, you're looking at someone who's six foot three. Go get it. Six foot three and uh, sorry, I'll yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Six foot three and two hundred pounds. I mean, you know who he reminds me of a little bit just right now is a little bit. He reminds me of um, uh, Slim. Really tall, lanky, really fast outside receiver, stretch the field. You know what I mean? Just having mm-hmm. a guy like that opens everything up. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was a really good pick. There was someone else who, uh, I, I apologize, I didn't get the comment up, but someone said it reminds them of Christian Watson of the Packers. Yeah. I thought that was, yep. um, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a good one. And then, um, I, I got to pull up the list here again, but uh, man. I mean, the Bengals, I, I was a little surprised at the fourth-round receiver, um, as I was with the third-round safety. But again, yeah. you go, well, I think Tyler Boyd's contract is up after this year, right? This yep. kid can play this slot. And again, if you want him to – these are guys you could potentially get in there as, as kick returners and, you know, all kinds of different things to help your team out. And that, it just makes a, a lot of sense um, for, for future development. Yep, it was probably one of those things where they were really high on him, you know, and they um... – they were high on him and he was available and there just maybe wasn't anyone that they were as high at that pick. And that's it. It, it makes sense. I, I like the idea of, you know, now you can, uh, if the, if you lose Tyler Boyd, I would certainly think that's probably the case. Then maybe you can transition this kid in seamlessly and not miss a beat. So who are some of your favorites? I mean, I, I, I mean, there were some, obviously night two is always just kind of my favorite in general, but um, I, I really, I kind of like the idea where, you know, the Bengals, uh, why, why I mentioned the, the kid from Princeton is, you know, I like the idea that they realized they went defensive heavy early in this draft. And they're like, hey, let, let's just keep getting <laughs> getting yeah. threats, right? Let's keep bringing offensive threats to, to other teams and say, hey, deal with it. And then, of course, you know, God forbid injuries happen and all that kind of stuff, too. So you got to you got to have some stockpiled reserves. But. That was one I really liked. Um, what's what? What's the nickname? Ch- Chuck Sizzle? Uh, is that the Chucky Sizzle or something? Is the uh, the fourth round picks? I, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea what his nickname. It's I'll a great to, nickname if that's what it is. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look that up. But uh, who are some of your favorites? My favorite today was Illinois running back. Um, Illinois. Uh, sorry. Um, Chase Brown. Uh, Chase Brown. Yeah, I, uh, I, I knew he was a guy that could go to the Bengals. I was kind of surprised the Bengals didn't jump on uh, running back earlier in the draft. I don't know if Chase Brown replaces Mixon. I think he probably complements Mixon this year, unless you know there's like a Zeke Elliott kind of thing or something happens in free agency. Uh, he had nine consecutive games in 2022 with 100 plus yards on the ground. Average twenty seven point three carries per game, so he's he can you know he can handle a workhorse kind of a load. Um, he's you know he it says he's adept at following and steering behind lead blocks and avoiding linebackers. He sets up open field moves to elude tacklers. Uh, he can run. He can catch routes out of the backfield. Uh, so I, I know he had some fumble issues in twenty twenty two, but that was kind of abnormal. Um, but I think that they found. Uh, I think they found a, a running back that maybe could. I don't. I don't. I don't. Like I said, I don't. I don't think he's going to replace Joe Mixon, but I think he might replace Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, his PFF pass blocking grades were, Poor. for the most part, they were do what? 
they're pretty poor, right? I mean, originally. well, he had he had a few games where they were bad, really bad. Um, and then he had eight games or so where they were over 70, you know, with a green square. So very inconsistent. We'll say that. Um, but hopefully with some coaching, you know, and he even said in his uh, post-draft interview that that he knows that he has to uh, improve his pass blocking. But my guess is that's what the Bengals see him as, is Chase Brown is the new Samaj P. Run. Hopefully, here's the RAS score. By the way, Stan being incredibly generous as well, sending us uh, – I, I don't – unfortunately, I'm so ignorant that I don't know the Denmark currency, but uh, I believe that's Denmark currency he's sending us. So appreciate that, and that will go to Mohamed Sanu's charity as well. Appreciate awesome. you. Thank you. Very, very much, yes. Um, 9.8, I believe, was the most recent RAS score from Chase Brown, one of the tools guys. And the questions, yeah, you mentioned the fumbles and all that kind of stuff. It's a high volume of touches, I think. Right. Oh, it is. Caused, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think you know, they just really ran him to the ground. He was, he was uh, the entire Illinois offense. And so that's why I think as a complimentary piece in the NFL, at least initially, that bodes well for him where, you know, it, he's not the guy that needs to touch the ball 40 times at the pro level immediately. Maybe right. it's five to 10 a game, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I think he averaged. He, go, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say he averaged 27.3 carries in 2022, which is nuts. That's a lot. That's a lot. It is. It is. And, you know, you give him the occasional catch. He's not necessarily, you know, an amazing receiver, but he's, he's good enough. Yeah. Um, You know, pass blocking. He had, he admitted himself that he wants to work on that. And um, you know, he's, he'll probably be asked to do more of that, but it was a guy again that uh, the Bengals really liked, and some feel that man, this is a guy that could have been a third or fourth round pick. Maybe the carries and touches scared some teams off, but uh, you know, a guy that I think has a lot of value. And I think as you go, Jason, especially those first, really those first uh, five to six picks the Bengals made. Um, I mean, you can go across the board and make an argument where you go, man, this was a guy who was highly valued. Yep. This was a guy who was highly regarded, and just they just kept they just kept snagging him uh, later than than people thought yeah they they let the draft come to them they didn't panic they didn't move up everybody made a really huge deal about tight end uh and even even you and i when they selected miles murphy over michael mayer you know we were shocked um but uh they were making a big deal about tight end a lot of people are, are, were upset that they traded back with the um the chiefs in the third round and missed out on uh darnell washington who ended up going to uh ended up going to pittsburgh um, but I'm not really sure that they came into this draft thinking that they need a tight end. I mean, they might be all in on Irv Smith, which is, you know, which is, which would, it would match the trend of what they've done uh, over the last few, you know, they had Uzama who they drafted, but it, it matches what they did with Hayden Hurst. And now they bring in Irv Smith, who's going to sign a one-year deal after having a hard time staying healthy. And I think that the Bengals are planning on turning Irv Smith into the next Hayden Hurst. They'll sign a, three-year deal next year with the Miami Dolphins and they'll grab the next guy looking for a proof of deal. And, you know, it just, this regime just does not value that position highly. I don't think so. I mean, at least I I shouldn't say that they don't value the position just in general. If you got a good player, you got a good player, you got, you bring a guy in, you like him, obviously you value that player. What I mean by that is using draft capital. I just, and or high, huge, financial free agency investments. I just don't see it. They brought in technically, if you look at, if you want to go all the way back to the calendar of September of 22 to now, they've brought in or re-signed 
three tight ends. And that's Aussie yep. Aussie. That's Irv Smith. And that's Drew Sample. So again, that you go back to Mixon and you go back to Jonah Williams, this is also an endorsement potentially by the Bengals of who they have in that tight end room. They like who they have. And they feel that again, we talked about this too, Jason, it's just not worth a huge investment for a guy that maybe will be the fifth or sixth passing option on a regular basis in the offense. Um, Right. And so, and if you feel like you fixed the offensive line with Orlando, which you've done across the board the past couple of years, you know, a blocking tight end doesn't make a ton of sense. Darnell Washington, I think a lot of people liked him, myself included, especially as you're looking at him in the third round. But there's knee injury issues and other stuff that, uh, you know, that I think scared some teams. And, um, you know, I, I think the Bengals, again, they, they kind of showed us a little bit about how they feel about certain players and position groups this weekend based on who they picked and who they didn't pick. Yeah, and and just to kind of nail that point you just made home about not valuing the tight end position as much as some other in the fourth round they took, uh, in the fourth round they took that uh, wide receiver. Um, I just totally blanked on his name. Charlie now. Jones. Charlie Jones. Yeah, in the fourth round they took Charlie Jones at wide receiver, which is not really a position of need this year. Uh, and when they did that, uh, let's see, Josh Wiley, uh, tight end out of UC. Um, he went in the fifth round. I yeah, he, he was still on the board. Miami, in Tennessee. Of, um, I think he went to Tennessee. Yeah, he went to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, uh, Will, let's see, Will uh, Mallory, the tight end oh, out yeah. of yep. Miami, yep. Florida. He was still on the board. He went to the Colts. Uh, tight end, uh, Payne Durham out of Purdue was still on the board and Davis Allen out of Clemson was still on the board. So those guys, there were guys available and they just Davis Allen go. He ended up, um, Davis Allen ended up going to, uh, the Rams. Um, (laughs) that's funny. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those things that like, they obviously valued that, uh, Charlie Jones at, at wide receiver more than any of these guys at tight end. And you know, maybe they saw, that Charlie Jones is a better wide receiver than they felt these guys would be tight ends. But I think it's a lot to do with just the fact that they don't value the position as much as wide receiver. They, they do. And I, let's be honest, <laughs> the Bengals wide receiver core right now is a, a bit of the bread and butter of what they yeah. do on offense yeah. and, and, a, and a big, big reason for their success. I mean, it's just yep. kind of how it is. So, um, I mean, I, there are a lot of picks you like, um, there, there are a lot of things you make arguments for a lot of different things, but you know, the Bengals again, um, uh, I feel like they did some, it, it's one of those things, the picks grow on you and maybe you right. talk yourself into things a little bit more as the picks, you know, initially you go, Oh, really? But I feel like there's a lot of, I love the blend more favoring athleticism, but the blend of a couple of guys in there that are the intangible stuff as well. Right. right. I mean, I, I I love that there's two or three players that maybe didn't test all that great, but it's like, who the hell cares? Because look what they did on, on tape. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and the rest of the guys, they have a little bit of like, yeah, they've got a bit of the, yeah, look at them on tape, but it's also like, holy crap, they're jumping out of the gym and, you know, burning up the turf with four, two, six forties and stuff. So, right. um, yeah. Yeah. They took guys that either produced in college at major universities, major programs against major competition, or they took guys that just tested through the roof athletically. 
Uh, they didn't seem to grab anyone that, that seemed to have like a character issue, but they have a type. You produce and you're a leader or you're a crazy athlete. And, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with drafting like that. You know, uh, you know, great teams, that, I, you know, great teams have great athletes and they have high character guys that are locker room leaders. You know what I mean? I, I think it's great. So Chats drafted Koontz. I hope Uzama likes all the money he got because he ain't getting many receptions. Is from Dan the Man. Yeah. Uh, we love Dan because Dan's kind of our uh, he's our resident trivia guru and okay. our fact checker. We love it. We love it. And uh, I, I pride myself on knowing quite a bit of Bengals trivia, but there's stuff that Dan pulls out every once in a while. I'm like, wow, that is uh, that's impressive, yeah. man. That is yep. impressive, impressive. But um, good to see a lot of familiar faces, some new yep. ones as well. I know obviously excitement and, and everything is at a, a high with the Bengals and this in the, the NFL draft coming to a conclusion here. If you are new here, we appreciate you checking our show out. We do a number of different types of shows on this channel, be it through orange or the orange and black insider or the Cincy jungle podcast channel in general. But this uh, channel has our show, Jason and his, his guy, Kevin, our guy, not his guy, our, our guy. guy. Yeah, our guy. Yeah. yeah, they spearhead three and out. And then, of course, on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, we also have Talking Football with Bengal Jim and friends. Bengal Jim was at the draft. We were hoping to kind of catch up with him, but I'm sure he had a hell of a fun time down there. Uh, and then, of course, we have Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, who does great job breaking down all kinds of different things. So we've got a lot of different shows for you on our YouTube channel. you got to subscribe and like. Uh, and click the bell as well to, to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. you got to like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. And, of course, if you like the audio side of things, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones were there. you got to give a rating if you would. We appreciate it. And, of course, subscribe so you can get all those different shows that we provide for you. We're trying to get you stuff pretty much every day of the week yeah. as it goes right now. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, Let's kind of start wrapping some things up and talk. I don't know if you want to do grades or if you want yeah. to just kind of talk through some of the picks. I mean, I know we kind of said, hey, I really like some of the, you know, this pick, that pick. But, um, you know, I think through the first three rounds, you and I still kind of were in that B-plus-ish range, right? Right. right. Um, I'm still kind of there. There are picks that kind of waver back and forth. And obviously, um, you know, there are things where you go, hmm. Uh, I understand the punter pick. In, in the sixth round, um, yep. you know, you could probably make an argument where you go, well, where's the tight end? Where's maybe the developmental backup quarterback? That sort of thing. Um, especially when you see, I think Max Max Duggan went, you know, seventh round. And, you know, yeah. you, could, you could kind of make arguments for that where you go, well, maybe that makes a little more sense. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't really – It's there's not really one there, especially as I took a, <laughs> took a night to sleep on the Miles Murphy pick. Um, yeah. there's not really one there where I go, I don't get it. You know what I mean? There's stuff right. where I, there's stuff where you say there's maybe more pressing needs, at least in my eyes, but there's not a pick here where I go, what the hell was that? That You right. know what I mean? I, I feel like everything has a, a decent amount of logic to it. Every pick they made has a decent amount of logic to it, whether it's short term yeah. or long term. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Every pick they made, uh, from, you know, all eight of them made sense in some way. You know, you can you can argue, you know, anyone could step up and make a, an argument and point out that, yes, it makes sense. You know what I mean? And, you know, tight end is still a need. It's I don't think that that it's going to be filled. I think that we're going to roll into the season with Sample and and Irv Smith, um, you know, unless they bring in some undrafted free agent that I don't know about. You know what I mean? But um, 
no, every every pick they made makes makes pretty good sense. It's it's either to contribute this year or like you said that you know filling spots next year or rotational pieces like Miles Murphy will probably be a rotational piece this year. Um, but uh, no, I I think overall I would give it a B plus, but edging towards a minus after some good sleep. I think <laughs> after some good yeah. sleep. Yeah. yeah what's, that, what's that like? I haven't had any of that. Like, yeah. No. Same here. Same here. Um, yeah. I mean, I. Uh... Sorry, something knocked over here. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I kind of feel like, you know, this is a class where, you know, it's maybe especially the first couple nights weren't the most sexiest picks because of the positions drafted and or some of the people saying, you know, where's the tight end? Myself included. Where's the tight end? Maybe where's the running yeah. back? That sort of thing. But they they were confident in what they were doing. Um, there were a couple times where I'm like, oh, I feel like waiting Waiting may have hurt you, but that's just what they wanted to do. They wanted to yeah. sit back and let things come to them. Oftentimes, they, they do that most of the time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it has burned them pretty badly, and other times it um, it's worked out well for them. Yeah. So, you know, that's it's also now it's hard. It's weird to say about the Cincinnati Bengals, but when you are going to back to back AFC Championship games and you've been to a Super Bowl, you you start to get the benefit of the doubt. Right. I mean, you, you kind of, you're like, Hey, I don't really get it. Or Hey, uh, why, why a safety? And you know, that sort of thing. And you go, well, you know, yep. <laughs> trust I the think, process at this point, you know, I think it's, I think we can, we can confidently say that Duke Tobin knows best and that, you know, they're doing the right thing. Uh, they've done the right thing over the last few years. There's no reason to not believe in what they're doing right now. Yeah, so uh, we have a couple of updates on uh, some reports on undrafted free agents. Washington Huskies, I really like this kid. Um, I was asked about him on another show. Washington Huskies offensive lineman Jackson Kirkland, Mm -hmm. um, a guy who can play a little bit inside, has played tackle. He's going to be inside in the pros, but I, I... I like the potential of that guy there. Um, And then they had, let's see here, um, Tulane safety, Larry Brooks, the third. And there were a couple of others as well. I think one that just came across the wire I was told about. um, UTC defensive lineman, Devonja Maxwell. Um, Oh, wait, not that one. Um, Oh, yeah, Devonta Maxwell uh, w- was going to sign with the Chicago Bears, but ended up going to the Bengals. So he has okay. thirty-seven point thirty-seven point five sacks in college. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. so um, I mean, small. I think small school guy, but um, yeah. you know, that's that's something that excites you there. So Bengals are doing their work here, and there are a few others as well that I know came across the wire. But uh, you know, Bengals are starting to to load up their their undrafted free agent roster. Yeah. And that, that uh, news comes off. It's chaotic and, you know, it's all being blasted all over Twitter, but wires um, get crossed. You get it. Right. Right. But, um, but yeah. And you know, they brought in, I, I'm trying to think something. Vontae's perfect was a undrafted free agent. So there's, it's, they brought in guys that have contributed heavily uh, as undrafted. Uh, Lael Collins was an undrafted free agent. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I, I did because there was a whole weird story that he was going to be a first round pick. And then, yeah, there was all this stuff going on around him, but yeah. And then, um, 
so there's a few other ones. Um, yeah, I but I think I think overall grade wise for the entire draft, I give it a B plus, shading towards A minus. Okay, so, pretty happy. With okay, um, I I am with you too, and I think my son is with me on that one. He, he heard a celebratory daddy, and he's running upstairs with a new toy. It sounds like so that's awesome. There you go. Um, yeah. But we're going to start wrapping things up, not just because they just came home, but because um, we've been on it for about 40 minutes yeah. now and talking about this. But overall, I think you and I are in agreement, B plus-ish range, yep. A minus-ish. Obviously, you know, you gauge this three years down the road, you go, okay, well, that you know, that's actually what happened here. But right. I think there's a lot of foresight here. I think there's maybe some rotational, immediate yield. But, but I think this is also, hey, man, we got to – you know, we have a lot of staples at a lot of important positions, whether it's wide receiver, defensive end, defensive yep. back, but we've got it. We've got a plan for the future. And I think they did that. Yep. And those are the the first three picks of the draft, defensive end, cornerback safety. Those are premium positions, premium positions with guys that they like that fell to them, especially the first two with uh, with Murphy and and uh, Turner. Um, uh, you know, both of those I thought were home run picks just because they should have been drafted or I thought they would have been drafted, you know, several picks ahead of where they, where they went. So. Yep. All in all, I think, I think we should all be pretty pleased with what they did. There were a couple of things where you go, why didn't they do that? Or why wasn't a position picked higher? And again, I think some of that has to do with endorsement of the players that we had questions on. I think, you know, Jonah, maybe, maybe Jonah's more on board than we think or have heard maybe Joe Mixon in that situation that's going on off the field and other, you know, maybe the financials are working themselves out as well. You know, maybe all of that is just being taken care of, and it just makes more sense to wait to the fifth round and get a value pick there at running right. back. And then, of course, tight end, you know, you just kind of like what you already have on the roster and feel like you don't need to reach. And maybe that's where the Bengals' heads were at through this yeah. whole process. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it could be something, you know, at, at right tackle, maybe Leo Collins is going to be healthier than than we expect earlier than we expect. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think right now they're better than they were at the end of the year last year after the draft. I absolutely think they are 100%. Well, that's, and, and they've got other guys that they drafted for the future, Tyson Anderson and such that, yep. you know, uh, they, they'll also be in the mix, but let's get on out of here, man. I know you're, you're ready for some rest. I know yeah. I am and as well as some grub. So, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody tuning in live, tuning in after the fact. We've been trying to pepper you with all kinds of content. Uh, my kids have been in like every single show, it feels like. So uh, they're making cameos, but it is what it is. I hope you enjoy. I mean, you hear him in the background. He's doing, doing something with a car. I don't know what he's doing. But regardless, the Cincinnati Bengals and the 2023 NFL draft is in the books. Their class is in the books. And uh, we are going to continue to break it down, get you news on undrafted free agents, all kinds of things on cincyjungle.com and our podcast. Keep it tuned in. Jason, thanks, bud. And we'll, Absolutely. we'll catch up soon and do more of these. Sounds good. All right.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.